0: You're listening to episode 27 of Daughters on Fire with your host, Robin Arab and Melissa Burton. In today's episode, Robin and I are going to talk about a touchy subject, lying. I know we were all raised not to lie, and for good reason. It's not ways to establish healthy relationships. However, when you're dealing with dementia and cognitive decline, there comes a time when the concept of therapeutic lying may actually be better than reality orienting to those that you love. So if you're raising your eyebrow going, what are you talking about? I don't know if I'm comfortable with this. Stay tuned as Robin and I explore the pros and cons of therapeutic lying and when it might be beneficial in your relationship and on your caregiving journey.
1: Are you stressed burned out and looking for answers as you care for an aging parent
0: if you are this podcast is for you here you will receive actionable advice from seasoned professionals validation and compassion for the incredibly tough job you are doing and most importantly supportive love from a community of like-minded warriors you're not alone
1: join this powerful community as we support you on your complicated journey and help you transform into an empowered and calmer caregiver
0: we're back today to talk about some really tough subjects. Um, we often guide our caregivers on how they can have difficult conversations with their loved ones. And um, I know we've been talking a lot about some some belief systems that tend to get in the way uh, when caregivers are trying to provide the best care. So Robin and I are going to embark on a series of tough conversations, some tough love conversations with our Daughters on Fire tribe out there. And they're going to be from, you know, uh, being too much of a people pleaser. Um, There's going to be one on, well, the one today we're going to talk about therapeutic lying. And there will be some other ones that we come up with along the way in this series that are just talking about things we trip up over when we are caregiving and ways that we can look at it in a different light that can empower us more as caregivers. So today, Robin and I want to talk to you about lying. And we all know we, we were raised not to lie. We were raised by the people that we're caring for that the golden rule I don't know, is the golden rule not to lie or is it to do unto others, Robin? It's Am to I do getting my <laughs> <laughs> which usually means don't lie, right? right? Don't lie to the people you love. Usually lying can get yourself into a whole heap of trouble, right? So how on earth can lying ever be a good thing? So Robin, I want you to kind of take over here and and talk about what I learned when I got into this, that and not to call it lying, call it therapeutic lying. And you know what, that honestly made it a lot easier to realize that there are some therapeutic benefits to meeting people where they are in the process. And when we talk about therapeutic lying, I would say we are talking about lying to those with cognitive impairments, not lying to people who are in their full faculties, their full cognitive capacities, I think the the rule of no lying applies there. But therapeutic lying, when somebody starts to decline cognitively, becomes a whole nother ball of wax. So Robin, take it over and um, help us jump in there with this, this concept.
1: Well, I think, as you said, that We often look at lying as something bad, but in this situation, it's actually, as we said, therapeutic. So it is therapeutic for you as a caregiver. It's therapeutic for the person that you're caring for because you are reducing their anxiety and protecting their self-esteem and their dignity when you do this therapeutic lying. I've had many families that I've worked with that they preface it by, Robin said I could lie, and I did. (laughs) (laughs) now not they don't always follow through with the lies they still want to tell the truth so we've got to teach you how to to do it and stick to it
0: and when to do it because it's you know you can get caught in a lie if you're not really assessing the person's awareness and their longevity of awareness (laughs) say you know if they're remembering day to day you don't want to tell a lie that you're you're going to have to keep chasing that story.
1: Right. One of the biggest lies that I think I have people to start with using, especially if they're thinking about in-home care and they'll say, oh, my mother would just not, you know, she would refuse to do it. And I often say, well, go in and say, this is a friend of mine who you can either say lost their job or needs a job or something. And I was wondering if you could help them out by allowing them to come in. Now, it's not truly your friend. It is an agency, and the agency will be sending in a caregiver. And so many times, because we all want to be needed and helpful, that helps do that little walk of, I'm doing this for my daughter's friend, and I'm helping out. So she never needs to know that you're paying this woman, and you've never met her before in your life. They just need to know that this person's there to help them because you are helping them as well with giving them a position. So that often helps, even keeping along the lines of the non-medical coming in. It's the, we'll just do this for a short time and see how it works. You knowing full well that this is going to be lifelong or this is your step that you are going to keep caregivers in. And it helps. It does help them accept things. I don't know why, but it works. And there's really no need for them to know about it because it it will make them anxious. And what you need to know is you're doing this for the good of their care and their livelihood. So you go on with that. And then... Robin,
0: uh, sorry, I was going to say, I really like what you were saying about you're helping them out, because that also gives your loved one a sense of purpose. Uh, A lot of times if it's a couple and you say, mom, really, you know, this is to help dad out or dad, this is more likely this is to help mom out. It's making it feel like they aren't the needy ones that they're doing someone a favor that they are helping care and provide for the situation when all else seems very helpless. So, I love that because in a small way, it gives them back a sense of purpose.
1: Right. And it always feels better if you're doing it for somebody else and not yourself. So, a lot of times, you're right. That's how we, we come in. They're going to take care of dad. This isn't for you. You don't need this when you know full and well that you're going to do it for them. In a, along with that in home care help or even assisted living, whichever fits into your situation, we all know that can be costly. There is no need for your loved one to know what you're paying for, how much you're paying. And my mom used to say, "Gosh, can can I can I afford this place?" And I, this place is really nice and I say, "Yes, you can." She said, "Well, you know, I don't even know how much money's in my bank because at that point I was taking care of the finances." And I would say, "You're fine. You can pay for this." Now she would have flipped her lid if she knew how much. So I think that going through and just saying, nope, this is good even making it if if you have to make it an acceptable amount, you know, oh, you're paying $100 a day. That's okay, too. I think that's all a part of relieving them of the stress because we all stress about money. It doesn't matter what age we are, how much money or how little money we have. So just not sharing that information is helpful.
0: And that goes to where they are in their state of awareness. So there are some times when you can absolutely do that. Like Robin, you were describing, you had already taken over your mom's finances. She hadn't checked in on her finances in a really long time. There are other times where you may be kind of collaborating on the finances. And if you say one thing, and yet your mom has moments of where she's lucid and she's looking at the bank account and she starts to see other things, it, you can undermine your situation. So really being aware of how far along they are. I, I like to say with the therapeutic line, are you talking about a memory that goes from hour to hour, from day to day, from week to week? That really is kind of the barometer for what type of lie you can, you can get away with. with and what is helpful and what is harmful. So if you're saying something and you can't follow through on it and they still and it doesn't just fade from their memory they're going to bring it up again, you're not helping anybody. Uh, if you're saying something like if somebody is in a facility and they want to go home, you may be getting to this. They want to go home and and you say, "Well, the doctor will be here in a few hours and we'll find out more then." And they know in a few hours that the doctor hasn't been there. That's not going to really help you out, right? But if you say, This is where we are for now until you get better, again, like you said, Robin, they don't really understand their disease process, but you do. You know that it's not getting better. But if you say, We're going to be here right now till things get better, so keep working, keep eating well, keep going to your exercises. And when things get better, then we're going to get you out of here. And that is the case, right? That actually isn't a lie. That's just eliminating the fact of what your expectations are from what their expectations are. But sorry, I got off on a sidetrack there. But my whole point is, is really understand what they understand before you say something that is going to get you in hot water.
1: And, and you're right, you, you do have to gauge it. But in that same instance, if they don't, if they're not aware, or maybe a couple days later say, Hey, the doctor was supposed to come by. You can keep putting it off. Oh yes. They um, had surgery or they, they rescheduled. So those things you can just keep putting off and going forward and there's no need for discussion. You've calmed them because they're expecting the doctor and they're expecting an answer and that just continues on and on and it'll happen tomorrow, the next day. And it also happen, um helps them when they get, stuck on something. So often with dementia and memory issues, they're stuck on one position and they keep obsessing over it, going back and forth. And that can eliminate that because now they can think about it tomorrow or down the road. One of the other things are dealing with family situations. I know that we don't all have perfect families and we don't all get along and we all have situations, there might be drug issues, there could be unemployment, there could be divorces. And those are things that probably once in your life you shared with a parent or this loved one, it's no no longer necessary. It it does them no good because it worries them. It upsets them. They get obsessed with it. There's no reason to talk about it. If they say, how is Billy Bob? You just say, he's great not he's incarcerated for drugs or he crashed his car last night, things like that. You don't, they don't need to know that information there. They, there's no good that comes from that. In addition to the um, fiblets about somebody who's lied or who's died. Mm-hmm. And that could be that they, they aren't able to process that somebody is gone. And so, There's no need to share that with them because every time you bring it up, they grieve over and over again. So it's just Uncle Billy Bob isn't coming by. He'll come by next week. You keep putting it off again. That's another situation that relieves their anxiety and their stress as far as... Day to day business, and it could be as they progress, they think about their sister that had passed away ten years ago, and where is Aunt Mary? Well, instead of saying she died, Mom, don't you remember she died Mm -hmm. ten years Mm -hmm. ago? You just say, oh, she's at her house or she's Mm -hmm. home, Mm -hmm. and you know, and we're not sure where.
0: What do you think she's up to? What's she up to these days? And then kind of let them think right create go with them into this imaginary world that they're in
1: right right so it it it's it's just much kinder
0: yes i had a client i had a client who lost her husband and she constantly thought he was at work and so um, we just again with the, you know you kind of went with it well what do you what's he up to what's he working on these days and she would talk about him and so in her mind She was going to see him in a little bit, right? right? And it wasn't like at five, she was wondering, why isn't he home yet? It was just in these moments of kind of a trigger happened. She thought of him. She wondered where he was. And in her mind, most of her life, when he wasn't around, he was at work. So that's where she went. And he was still there. His love was still there. He was still taking care of her. He just happened to be at work, And so that, like you said, is a su- much, much better place to be emotionally than dealing with the fact that, no, he passed away and he's not coming back. Now, I have, I've seen this and I've heard of this quite a bit. There will be times where someone with dementia will have a really lucid moment. And in that moment, will ask very directly what's happening and You will have your mom back or you will have your dad back in that moment. And, and you, and, and you really got to go with your gut to know that it's okay in those lucid moments to, to say, speak the truth. For example, this woman had lost her husband and it had been over a year. And most of that time she was peacefully unaware that he had gone because she was in advanced stages of dementia. But every now and then she would have a conversation with her daughter and she'd be like, uh, I'm going to say his name was John. John's dead, isn't he? John's passed away or however she would say it. And her daughter would be really, really surprised because, Weeks and months had gone by and she she hadn't brought up his name. She wasn't aware. But in that moment, she was very clear. And and so instead of lying, no, 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 he's not here. She was like, yes, mom, that's right. Dad passed away and he's been gone over a year now. And, and she would get kind of sad, but she had an understanding of the truth in that moment. And then the next day she was back to not really understanding that. But in that moment the time was right to, to, cause she asked specifically, she seemed cognizant of what was going on. So again, it's always about gauging and sometimes you may have lucid moments. I've had people say also, well, should I tell them the truth? Should I reorient them every single time into that? Or should I tell them, you know, they're asking about this. Should I tell them that dad is dead or that, um, you know, they've moved and they're never going home. And I'm, well, you're going to have to tell them again tomorrow. You're going to have to tell them again in a week. You're going to have to continue this conversation. So are you going to inflict pain every time this conversation comes up by stealing away their hope or making them sad again? Because this is not, they're not going to remember what you told them. You're just impacting the current situation. So back to if it keeps them calmer, more peaceful, happier, then wouldn't that be the kinder thing to do?
1: Well, and, and to tag team to that, I think saying about being in the time with them and, and realizing, oh, this might be an okay time to tell the truth or no, I shouldn't, I should fit. If you cannot distinguish between that and you happen to tell them the truth and it wasn't the right time, you're not going to hurt them. Physically, as far as their disease or anything, it's more going to be on yourself as well, because now you're answering all the questions over and over again, and they're going to obsess and go around. So, don't, don't beat yourself up if you don't pick that right time, but next time you'll probably remember it if you are repeating and going on as well as them being upset because nobody, we don't want to see anybody upset regardless of what the situation is or what their disease is. You know, and this
0: disease does not hold a grudge. If you messed up, do it differently next time.
1: There you go. Absolutely. that That's perfect. One other thing idea is, and this is what we're going to get into this later on um, about the driving. We we keep promising that when we keep putting it off, but it's hard. It is a hard one. So we don't want to talk about it, but you know, it's okay to say, Hey, your car's in the shop. Mm -hmm. And then it never comes back or your grandson's car broke down and now he has to borrow it. So again, you go back to, "Oh, she's helping the grandson, that type of situation. We've talked about taking the keys away, hiding the keys. We don't know where the keys went. We've lost them. We'll look for them. Same thing with anything in the house that they continuously look for, whether it be a favorite sweater or with my mom. I think I've mentioned in the past that she had these clothes that were stained and I would take them out and and get rid of them. And when she'd ask for them, I'd say, I have no idea where they are. And I didn't. They were in a dump somewhere in, 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 in Pennsylvania. but. It is kind and it is it doesn't make them feel we talked about self esteem. If you say, Well, don't you remember that that hurts their dignity, it hurts their self esteem because then they're thinking, Why am I so dumb? Why didn't I remember this?
0: Or they think that you're you're you are hoodwinking them right. and that you're trying to make them feel bad and so it turns around a turns around on you. Whatever they perceive, whether it's they feel badly about themselves or they feel badly about you, they feel badly and that causes you to feel badly.
1: Right. Growing up, if my, my mom asked lots and lots of questions. This is before she had the dementia. She would ask about, why is this that way? and And those are just things that I don't care about. So I'd make up answers. So it got to be this joke that I would tell her something and she'd say, now, is that the truth or did you make that up? And then we would laugh. So she was just used to me therapeutic lying her whole life. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't think a thing about it. It, it. it is just something that we need to do. And I know it's hard. I, I worked with a family and the mother had originally said she wanted to be buried and, and made. This is when she was lucid and made all these decisions. And then changed her mind and said she wanted to be cremated. Well, now she's into the disease and now she's back to, I want to be buried. And so the daughter was having a hard time. And I said, there's no reason to discuss this. Just say, okay, we'll take care of it. But in the end, you decide, is it burial or is it cremation? Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And if it's easier for everybody to do the cremation, what she said, you know, she wanted, then you do it. It's not a decision. She's beyond that decision making ability. So you just say, okay, mom, I- we'll take care of that okay, this is what you want. We'll take, you just keep going because ultimately it will be your choice at the end, especially if you have power of attorney or financial power of attorney. It might be that in the past she could have afforded a burial. Maybe now she cannot afford burial and want, and you can do cremation. So those are just big decisions, life decisions that you really have to be careful about burdening them with because they, they can't. They're, they are they are physically not able to make a decision. Mm -hmm. So by you therapeutically lying and sending them on and then doing what that needs to be done for them is so much kinder than back and forth. And you know what? It might not feel great to you. It might not. And I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. But what you're doing is helping your loved one. And that isn't that the focus of caregiving? Isn't that what we want is for them to have a good, dignified ending?
0: You know, Robin, um, I had a client once who would joke around as I was a care manager at the time and I would go to doctor's appointments and the daughter would say, it's so nice to know there's an adult in the room (laughs) and it was joking and her mother was amazing, but did need a second person there to really advocate for. But that's what you're alluding to is who is the adult now? You are literally parenting this loved one. So if it's your parent, you're parenting your parent. And how many times as a parent of your own children or as a child, you were told what you needed to know and what was age appropriate for you to be able to handle as you were developing. If this is aging backwards, if dementia is aging backwards, then you have to look at it through the lens of what is a five-year-old capable of handling what is a, you know, even younger, like a toddler, what is a 10-year-old capable of handling and their reality? You know, what do you need to do in order to make them safe and secure emotionally and physically? What do you need to do as the parent? And so it, it is a burden of making those really hard decisions. And, you know, I'm sure we all have these weird things that we remember from our childhood that we were told and we tell our parents now, you you said this was true, you know, and they're like, nope, nope, I didn't say that. And you're thinking, well, they probably were just making it up in the moment. And I believed it, you know, <laughs> I, I believed it when my mom said there were my, more vitamins in the crust of the bread. And so therefore I ate my whole sandwich. <laughs> I mean, it worked, right? But now my mom has no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> (laughs)
1: See, therapeutic line goes away from those who do. (laughs) So
0: what happens is that we grow up and we still remember. They're not going to to remember. So it is kind, it is necessary, and it's the burden of the caregiver that this is the hard part of, of what we're doing. I will say though, I find that spouses have a harder time lying to each other than children do, probably because we all lied to our parents at one point in time, right? But spouses like this code of we trust each other no matter what. So if you are a daughter and your mom is helping you care for your dad, or your dad is helping you care for your mom, you might find that they have more difficulty in lying in that therapeutic line. And so you might really have to guide them in that. You might have to determine if you are lying to both of them and, and what that looks like. And that definitely makes it more nuanced and that makes it difficult. And I would say in those cases, if you really need some expert advice on how to navigate, reach out to Robin and I on our Facebook page through our resources and stuff, um, and support groups, you don't have to go through this alone. So if you're getting into some sticky, situations and you don't want to just unilaterally make a decision that you're not comfortable with, seek guidance in that. It it, it is very hard. I think Robin, you were, as you were saying this, this isn't easy. Going against what you were taught growing up your whole life isn't easy, but you got to step back and look at the big picture view of how how the truth is impacting them. What reality are they living in and how can you take those two worlds and bring them to a place that that's more peaceful and calmer for them? Well, and,
1: and I like what you said about, think of them as a child. Would you tell your four-year-old daughter how much her toy cost? No. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Would you tell your four-year-old daughter that, grandma died, you know, it's just different things. Take it back, run that test, do the test. Would you tell somebody this? Would you tell a two-year-old that, I don't know. That they were never coming <laughs> home? That's right. Yes. You're never going to see your mom again or your daddy again. You wouldn't tell those type things. So that can be a little test for you to run through your mind quickly of, no, I wouldn't. So let's move on. So, mm-hmm. it, it's, trust me, it, it's all good. It's good. It saves you and it saves them, but it is hard. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. Definitely hard. This caregiving journey is hard. So, that's why we are here to have these hard conversations and uh, to help people sort through this complicated journey. So, thank you, Robin, for your insights today. And, uh, as always helping me share.
1: And, <laughs> and I'm not lying to you <laughs> yet, <laughs> yet. <laughs> but That's right. uh, thanks for coming along for the journey. And, um, as Melissa said, check in with us. We can help you lie all you need to.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're expert therapeutic liars. (laughs) All right. Until next time. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and ask that you subscribe to this podcast. If you find this podcast helpful, please leave a review so we can reach more women like you. You are not alone on your journey, and the Fire Tribe is here to support you. Check us out at DaughtersOnFire.com and our Facebook group for more support and resources. Until next time, remember, you are the fire that fuels the engine of life.